Welcome back to Tight's Camera Action, a podcast about the real heroes. I'm talking about I'm not talking about firemen or policemen or soldiers or anything. I mean heroes like Batman, like proper proper heroes. Although maybe not the Batman in this movie, uh, which this episode is 1995's Batman Forever. Uh, with me, as always, is Stephanie Kachias. Hi. And Owen Vandenberg. Hello. Good to be back. Now, Steph, you chose uh, this episode's movie. Why was that? Look, I guess I just have great memories of uh, Joel Schumacher's uh, opus to Batman, uh, Batman Forever, the introduction of Robin on screen in, in a superhero uh, film. And I, I guess I watched it when I was quite young. I was 12 when this movie came out, and I remember seeing it at the movies. And uh, another film I've chosen in season one, um, X-Men, I talked about it being one of the first proper superhero movies that I saw where I really felt like it, you know, captured a spirit of, of comic book movies that I hadn't seen before. And I guess I was forgetting the Batmans of the 90s because mm. they sort of exist in this own little, their own little universe yeah. of weirdness that sort of I kind of continue to forget. Uh, but when we were che- when we were thinking of other movies to do, uh, I kept coming back to this one because it's just... It's so bonkers. It's got an incredible cast. It's like packed to the brim of st- with stars who continue to be stars to this day. Well, yeah, on paper, it's a great cast. If you say, would you like to watch a movie that has Val Kilmer, Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey, Nicole Kidman, he's like, you'd, it's, Drew Barrymore. You'd it's, go, yeah, now, sure. it's like Now You See Me Syndrome. Yeah. Such a great stable of actors just deployed, but to what ends? Mm. Like, what, what did he have over them? Persuade you to take a sandwich with you, sir. I'll get drive through. Bruce Wayne. In the flesh. I'm gonna need that handbag. Yes. My invention beams any TV signal directly into the human brain. Mind manipulation, tampering with people's brain waves, it just raises too many questions. I won't send you a riddle. The Riddler. I will help you solve the greatest riddle of all. Who is Batman? Lock. My place. Midnight. Chair. I saw the signal, sir. I've left Wayne Enterprises en route to the Batcave. All is ready, sir. Let's start this party with a bang! His was better. The difference? Showmanship. But it's funny, you mentioned uh, the X-Men franchise and 
this is very similar to that in that it's probably the most has the most cinematic adaptations like Batman and the X-Men they're both like what got about 10 movies all up on each other when you take into account the ones in development and the ones from the 1960s so it's something that's just been like reincarnated on screen again and again and again and Batman Forever was a pretty big turning point in that whole you know in the whole representation of Batman I think the first time we've seen bat nipples uh on this screen uh, which was one of the most infamous things associated with the follow-up Batman and Robin, but was first used in this movie. Uh, and as you said, like the first uh, adaptation of Robin in the sort of rebooted franchise. So it's a bit of a pivoting point for that a whole Burton reimagined Batman kind of style. It's also a pivoted. It's a pivoting point in the history of superhero movies because sort of. I mean, I, I, we've said before on this podcast that I personally don't think that the Burton Batman movies really hold up very well, but they are revered um, as a whole by most people seem to really <laughs> like them and think quite highly of those two films, Batman and Batman Returns. Uh, and this film, when Joel Schumacher takes over that, that mini franchise, is kind of seen as where it started to jump the shark. Not completely as much as Batman and Robin, the follow-up, but certainly um, when the the Batman franchise went in a very, very cartoonish direction. It's goofier. Now, I would argue that Batman and Batman Returns are both pretty goofy. Yes, they're... St- cinematically darker and sort of the mise-en-scene is a lot is a lot more um, monochrome but they're still quite cartoonish uh, yeah. in, the, in their way they tell the story of of course it's it's uh, tim burton and but this one really it really struck me as as i started watching this again how much i mean tim burton produced this movie and joel schumacher is still very much working within the tim burton uh, lexicon and using a lot of Tim Burton-esque ideas in his filmmaking, albeit with a lot more colour. Like, it's basically like he got some of Tim Burton's stills and just literally painted hmm. colour onto them, which I think was, I guess, kind of interesting to do. And as a director, he was probably thinking, this is how I can, hmm. A, make it my own, but also keep it in line with the two that w- were before it. But it just sort of... it. It really does start to get quite silly. And we've talked a little bit about Batman uh, doing this as well, is this idea that it's like you can only really do Batman in two ways. You can either go extreme camp like the TV shows Mm. and like these movies or you go extremely gritty because in the middle you kind of can't – you can't – it just it, the character doesn't work anywhere yeah. in the middle. It has to be one or the other. And this is an example of that extreme camp end. Mm. And not only nipples on the bat suit, like there's a huge ass shot. Oh yeah, a couple. At the beginning, I mean, it's so homoerotic. It's yeah. great. So it's, it starts with this like yeah whole suit up montage yeah. of it, the kind of classic Batman quick cutting, grabbing yeah. all the all the, the things, and yeah, just in there, there's the butt shot, which is, yeah. thing is like I'm probably about ten frames longer than any of the other shots. Like just a little bit extra on the butt. Yeah, well, it's yeah. funny. I think uh, Schumacher said that he was angling for treating. Uh, Batman and Robin as these kind of Greek gods and I think by that that was his explanation for putting nipples on the bat suit and turning into them into these like marble statues of these larger than life heroes but also playing up the whole homoeroticism of that so I think he's used that to to be a bit campy um, before that opening sequence I just like to talk oh, about yeah. the credits again 
uh, because the credits for Batman Forever set the tone so well. It's like, it reminds me for, of a high school presentation where you're just stalling for time in PowerPoint. So it's just like <laughs> this word art of the actor's name swooping at the camera. And I, I think this is the first and last time anyone would be excited to see the name Chris O'Donnell swooping in, like taking up like the maximum amount of room on the frame. It's like, mm. yeah, Chris O'Donnell, get hyped. And then the Batman logo. And it's I like, hope that Chris O'Donnell is still excited to see Chris O'Donnell <laughs> on the screen. Like, he's doing NCIS Los Angeles now, guys. Great. So he sees it on a, a screen. He's got a job. <laughs> yeah. He was huge in the 90s. Like, but was he? Yes, I he, he was. Just did TV. Mm, no, no, no. He, no. Was. he was okay. huge because he did. So he was, he was like of that. So I know a lot about this. He's a real staple of like Smash Hits magazine and he, stuff he like was that. A real, so... There was, they're all around 45 now, this generation of actors. It's Ben Affleck, it's Matt Damon, it's um, Brendan Fraser, Chris O'Donnell. All these guys were in a movie called School Ties together. Uh, And sort of the, they're also sort of the, maybe there's a slightly old, Ethan Hawke might be slightly older than them, Mm. but they're sort of that mid 90s. And Chris O'Donnell was also in a movie called The Three Musketeers with Kiefer Sutherland, which was also a huge hit because I love Kiefer Sutherland. And Charlie Sheen and Oliver Platt. Yeah, that's a great movie. (laughs) So um, he played um, D'Artagnan in that. Is it Mm -hmm. the young one? D'Artagnan, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he played the young D'Artagnan in that and... um, and yeah, he he had a a, a career in the '90s for a minute there. Uh, he did some rom coms and things like that, mm. and then yeah, he sort of his fate star faded a little bit. But uh, this was his big thing. And look, I thought he was fine in this movie. I mm. think I think the acting in general is pretty pretty amazing like for what it is well we'll get to robin when we get to robin and then we'll go through it we'll hash it out then uh, i did but, write, i did write a note somewhere down here that says honestly i think chris o'donnell is doing his best here so yeah. <laughs> take that for what you, you gave it a red hot go yeah. uh, but if if like us your memory of this movie was a bit foggy considering it came out about 20 years ago uh to just help you along and set the scene i've got the imdb keywords for this movie <laughs> uh which i'm going to start reading out just at the start of the episodes just to sort of anchor you in that sort of in, in what to expect so the imdb keywords for batman forever are partner love rock music tuxedo and necktie <laughs> batman doesn't even make it in so I think yeah, that you know, sums it keep up. those in mind while we, while we go through the movie, if you need sort of a refresher. So it starts, it, we jump straight into um, seeing Batman, yeah, get suited up. That's our, after the credits roll, Batman's getting suited up and he goes out, in, in, out of the Batcave in his Batmobile into the city where he intercepts uh, a bank robbery, I yep. think it is. Yeah. Bank heist. It's a bank heist uh, performed by Tommy Lee Jones's Two Face. Now, this is this movie's incredible, also because this performance by Tommy Lee Jones is is incredible. I like, feel like he's doing Fraser. But it's he reminds me of Kelsey Grammer a lot in this movie. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, just the way he what? speaks. I'm just more. He's such a great actor. He's such an understated actor. If you think about him in movies like um, even The Fugitive or what's the one um, I'm having a blank uh, with... Uh, no Country for Old Men. That's it. Yeah. No Country for Old Men where he's so... He plays these sorts of like sort of these understated sort of... Reserved. Reserved men so Stoic. well. Yeah. And in this... He's just bonkers. Although in Coal Miner's Daughter, he also plays someone. He's quite a quite a big character. I think we forget that Tommy Lee Jones can do big. He's got acting. the physicality. 
Mm-hmm. I had I, I completely forgotten how incredibly bonkers his performance is. and Watch this movie and just be thankful how much Tommy Lee Jones holds back. Well, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, like it's, I, I completely forgot that he had this in him. Mm. Um, I also completely forgot how freaking smoking hot Nicole Kidman is. Like, she has not aged well. And mm. in this, she just looks gorgeous like i was just gasping all the time at how hot she was like i was like (laughs) this is her at her peak she's also constantly surrounded by like low running fans everything about and she's basically gagging for it the whole yeah so up for it she's like she's just panting at batman every time she sees him so her character's name was Chase Meridian. Doctor yeah. Chase. Doctor Chase, Chase Meridian. And with a name like that, I was like, okay, she's got to be from the comics. No. Apparently not. Apparently, no. just an original creation. They just shoved in there as a love interest. And she's down on the That's ground. Why she's such a well-rounded character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got a lot of depth. And she actually, I mean, again, and it's it's in movies like this where you appreciate, like these actors who. Like, they're doing the best they can with pretty crappy material. Oh, yeah. and, and, and you notice that with people like Jim Carrey and and Nicole and Tommy Lee Jones, that this is... The lines that she has to say and the mm. writing that they have to deliver is quite ridiculous. And she sort of sells it. Like, she does it all right. And it's that that's when you notice a good actor. Like, it's mm. not in the good stuff. It's in the bad stuff, you know? So she's a, a psych. A psychiatrist who specializes in like superhero and supervillain like mentality and one of her early scenes with Bruce Wayne or with Batman I can't remember who she's talking to in that but she says like I think this two-faced person might have an Achilles heel he seems to have some kind of fixation on his coin yeah and then Batman just gives her this like no shit look which is really great yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. about the most emotional Val Kilmer actually gets in this movie I feel like that line is probably in there because Two-Face wasn't a well-known villain to like the like wide mainstream audiences in the 90s like he mm. was like, he was kind of a, a lower tier villain as far as um general public awareness so I feel like mm. that was probably just ham-fisted in there to just yeah. be like guys there's a coin and also remember that in uh, in the first two uh, Burton movies uh, he was played by Billy D. Williams mm. uh, Lando Calrissian yeah, from Empire Strikes Back replaced yeah uh, just, just that's the man for you again at it again um, but so he, he you know he he stops Two Face. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't capture Two Face, but he sort of thwarts their plan. Hang on, we, we've skipped over a bunch of things. I want to. Yeah, okay, sorry, sorry. Go. <laughs> okay, firstly, you know how Batman has that thing where he he'll say something, someone turns away, and they respond to what he says. They turn back, and he's gone. And it's yeah. meant to be, oh, he's so stealthy. This movie, you see him walk out of frame <laughs> while he's doing that, and it look, makes it look so stupid because she's she's got her back to him, and she's facing the camera, and he's there, and she starts speaking, and he just walks off. <laughs> <laughs> and then, not even in like a grappling hook kind of way he yeah. literally just walks to the left of frame then she turns around and goes huh. but <laughs> he also hasn't left because it, there's still a bank heist to go on with there's yeah. no like where did he go oh he's up there foiling the bank heist uh, and the bank heist by the way so two faces mm. big plot okay is, yeah this is the next thing yeah so on the what was it the second anniversary of batman capturing him he robs gotham's like second national bank or something like that and like takes a whole vault out via helicopter only the vault the actual vault lockers are filled with acid yeah so i think had he been depositing acid into the bank in order to set this up or is he stealing someone's acid money that they've like 
then like transferred so all of their gold into acid because yeah. it's going to appreciate in value and in like 20 years time they're going to be able to it's their like kids college fund yeah. and Two-Face is just like hiked the acid away and he's going to dump yeah. it everywhere so he, he steals an actual vault out of the bank mm. via a helicopter says over a loudspeaker to the general crowd assembled that something about when we open that vault we'll have the money to blah 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 he basically says we're stealing this mm. vault so that we will have money but he's also trapped a security guard in mm. there and Batman. and Batman who he baited in with the security guard and then while they're in there they re- and he's locked them in there because it's a vault and he, they realise oh no there's acid all through it so so yeah, at some point he must have had access to the vault and could have just taken the money out. And there's no reason. Why did he then fill it up with acid? But you, you see the little. Why doesn't the acid opening? eat through the metal yeah. of the of the locker? But you see the little lockers opening and acid is pouring out through. Yeah, them. are so they remote they'd controlled? Been, they'd been stored. The acid had been stored in the actual bank, which I just couldn't yes. get over. I just got to go back to the performances again, though, because mm. the security guard was. Given it his oh. all, he was loving it. He's like, "Oh no!" Yeah, like, like my glasses, my mean, hearing aid. It's like, oh yeah, no, it, yeah. oh my feet are gonna get burned yeah. off. Like his performance was fantastic. I have yeah. to say that security my guard. Shoes are melting. I, yeah. I can't think of a more perfect representation for Commissioner Gordon's police force than that security guard. Because <laughs> Commissioner Gordon in this movie is like uh. the. Dopiest. Oh, he has been. Weirdest. He's like that in the Burton ones. Is he? Well. I can't yeah, remember the Burton actor. ones. He's, 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 he's him and like, Alfred are the only. Two he actors. sounds like Droopy Dog the whole way yep. through. He's like, boom, bit of turn on the bat signal, or, <laughs> and he's always looking like just completely out of his yeah. league. Because he hasn't had to do his job for years. <laughs> he just hangs around. He just puts on the light. And gets My favorite done. Commissioner Gordon bit because he doesn't really do or say anything in this movie. My favorite bit is when um, this comes up a bit later, but everyone's at the circus and Bruce. Bruce Wayne and Nicole Kidman are having like this serious conversation and kind of flirting and Commissioner Gordon is sitting next to them like a third wheel just laughing his head off at like the trapeze artist in the circus and clapping to himself and it's like oh oh Gordon (laughs) the Gotham police force is in a bad shape also uh, okay I don't know much about bank vaults do you normally have to crack them like a safe from the inside that seems like a poor safety feature that to me. That seems like bad design. Why would yeah. it ever be locked? And why, why does it have like a little combination lock? Because Batman picks it with the hearing aid and he's turning it like a combination lock. Yeah. And when you're a kid, you go, oh yeah, it's a bank It's a bank vault. He's inside the bank vault. Yeah. yeah. A lot of this stuff, and I think I said to you, Owen, this movie is not as good as I remember. <laughs> like when I was 12, this movie made a lot of sense and I loved yeah. it. Now as a, you know, year old, I, uh, I was like, what is going on? Like, yeah, it's, it's just so, so much more weird and doesn't make any sense and, and not well made. It's, it's zany. And yeah. I think mm. that's the turning point between this in Batman Returns and Batman, uh, the first Tim Burton one, which is that like, yeah, Jack Nicholson and Danny DeVito give completely hammy performances and they're very stylized characters. Like DeVito basically looked like some kind of troll monster. But there's a difference between them hamming it up and then uh, Jim Carrey in this movie, I think. Yeah. Uh, hamming it up and chewing the scenery. Oh. And it's just like, 
it's small, but it's there. Something's mm. changed. It's also like in the first two, it feels more like most people were trying to basically act as humans and mm. regular people, and then they were hammy, and that made them stand out because they were villains and they were outsiders yeah. of society. Here, everyone is just ham yeah. constantly. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Well, speaking of, let's move into yes, the most hammy, the biggest performance of the film, mm. Jim Carrey. Well, I as... can't believe you're skipping over the point <laughs> where oh. Batman nine elevens the Statue of Gotham Liberty. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, hey. Which has Gotham written across its head so that you know it's not the actual Statue so of Liberty. So are there two Statues of Liberty in Batman's America? Like, what? is there one in New York City yeah, and one I assume in Gotham? That, and that one must have New York written across it as well in big I, that, that confused me because it is just like the Statue of Liberty and Batman mm. crashes a helicopter right into its face. Yeah. And you see the blades just like chopping through its skull. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he crashes a helicopter into the... Gotham Statue of Liberty's face and then Commissioner Gordon's like oh yeah well done and then uh, <laughs> he thought he was watching a trapeze yeah. <laughs> Two-Face gets away uh, and then what were you going to say about the hammiest character? Okay so then we get to the hammiest character and the hammiest performance of the film which is Jim Carrey. Now this is mm. straight after Ace Ventura and I think the same, this was the same year and I should have checked that Dumb and Dumber came out or yeah, okay. yeah. so this hot. was when he was you know people were discovering this talent mm. um, I mean he'd been in he'd been in um, a, The Living Colour and I mean he was a, a, a you know a great comedian then but this is when his star was on the rise and he got cast as the Riddler and he plays Edward Nigma, a scientist who works at uh, Wayne Enterprises in their science division. He, he works with Ed Begley Jr., <laughs> which I was so excited to see. I had completely, I didn't realize it was him when I was younger, and now I totally recognize him. Completely uncredited role, uh, playing his his boss, his mean boss. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Edward is developing some sort of the Oculus. Well, he's developing the Oculus. Yeah, or, or, back, or just 3D, 3D TV. 3D TV. Yeah. Like I think they even caught 3D TV at one point during 3D, the movie. Um, like when they, in the early incarnations, although yeah. then it morphs into something else later, mm. and I'm not quite sure, like some sort of mind control device. But at the beginning, it's it's just 3D TV. Yeah. And he wants, um, he wants, he meets, he gets excited because uh, Bruce Wayne is 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 visiting the lab. He approaches Bruce and says, you know, I need the money to do some human trials. And Bruce sa- sort of says, well, it's a good idea, but I'm you know, not going to give you all this money to do human trials. It's just too risky and, and mm-hmm. too many questions. Which is the weird thing too. He actually says like, he's open to it. He says, okay, cool. Yeah. Call, call my, uh, call my um, assistant and we'll set something up. And, and he like pushes him for an answer. Now he's like, dude, you got, you got you a got meeting an with him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's just doesn't know how to pitch his, pitch yeah. his product properly. I just, I watched too much Silicon Valley. And I yeah. was <laughs> it was definitely, he definitely played it wrong because he did have him over the line. Yeah. So Riddler, he misses out on his shark, shark tank investment mm. and his, reaction towards or his attitude towards Bruce Wayne he has this huge like stalkerish fixation on him and that poor poor old Batman slash Bruce Wayne is basically being stalked by three different people in this movie Mm. so he's got Nicole Kidman kind of beating down his door he's got Riddler like obsessed with him and then later on he's got Robin just tagging along following him his his every step so it's just kind of the poor guy must be just so exhausted by the end of the movie just in all of his, his little cabal of groupies but yeah riddler's performance is it's just so wacky it's like i haven't seen the pet detective movies in a long time i'm not sure whether they'd annoy me now i remember loving them when they came out but jesus christ in this movie he is too much to bear it's 
this it's is too much. This is post mask as well. The mask had come out a year earlier. Yeah, and I feel like I think at the time there was a certain. Uh, attempt possibly from him maybe just from people who were directing him but like trying to push him to another like oh you did you went mm. this crazy in this movie you have to go even crazier yeah. for this movie yeah regardless of whether or not that helps the movie yeah because it's just he is one of those actors he's made of rubber you can just stretch him and stretch him and see how he how he mm. adapts and i mean mm. he's an incredible talent like he's he's an incredible performer but it's it is it's just it's bonkers so he um yeah, oh, I've got here that he's, he's he invented. I'm laughing at my own jokes. He invented the technology that brought Tupac back. Like he basically <laughs> invented, <laughs> he invented uh, like holograms, basically. Because yeah. yeah. then he gets his boss Ed Begley Jr. Uh, he's working late at night in the lab, and Ed Begley Jr. comes to tell him uh, tell him off, and so he uh, knocks him out and straps him to the mm. contraption, and that's when he learns that he can. Mm. suck his intelligence or yeah, something? Yeah, he takes brain power from him. But th- here's the thing. It, it happens while he also has his own headset and they have, like, you know, visual kind of lasers or something mm. that show that it's happening. If he wasn't... Ex- he mentions that he wasn't expecting that to happen. So why does he have a headset at all? Like, there should be no point to yeah, him I don't quite having a special blender on his head because it looks like a blender. And it's just kind of... Yeah, there's there's so much that there are little lines of dialogue that contradict things that they could yeah. just easily cut out. And was this the first time he wore his own contraption? Because I, I thought just during the movie, like he stuck it on and it just kind of turned him insane, and that's why nothing he says or does makes sense at all. But maybe I'll I'm giving that, that yeah. too much credit because <laughs> oh, it's like it's like listening to one of those old Bugs Bunny cartoons where it's just like. Sp- going on non-stop with his jibber-jabber, but it's just so painful to listen to from a from a real-life person. I read on IMDb there are a couple of interesting things they had to say about this movie. I didn't bother fact-checking, uh, <laughs> so I'm just going to put them out there. Uh, so one was that uh, Jim Carrey was going to shave a question mark into his scalp, uh, but couldn't because he was due in court to finalise his divorce. Uh, so you would have thought that would have tempered down his performance. I can only imagine what it would have been like mm. if he was having a happy marriage at the time. <laughs> uh, another one is that I like this one a lot. Um, Jim Carrey, it just says, and this is just a, just a quote from IMDb. Uh, according to Jim Carrey, he did not get along with Tommy Lee Jones. According to Carrey, Jones told him that he hated him and his films. I've got the exact quote. <laughs> <laughs> or at least the quote related by Jim Carrey. Yeah. I hate you. I really don't like you. I cannot sanction your buffoonery. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! That's a big burn coming from a guy who his performance in this movie is buffoonery as well, though. Yeah, especially yeah, like as soon as they finish saying that, calling action, and yeah. then he's just going off and, and doing just, just like, as much. This was during the production of the movie. He didn't yeah. like wait till the after party. That's magnificent. Well, Joel Schumacher said he was he didn't want to work with any of them. Like Val, yeah. Val Kilmer is is notoriously difficult to work with. Um, there are many stories of him being completely wacko on set and mm. so he apparently he and Joel Schumacher didn't get along it's and a shame that like none of that energy came through to his performance because he is bland <laughs> as fuck in this movie yeah he's got a lot of Valium he's really like. Valium <laughs> he's just standing there going well Edward I uh, don't think I can perform these tests it's just it's just seems like mind control I don't know <laughs> it's and so so bland I don't his Batman. I don't mind him. I mean, I, I think he's 
I agree he's bland, but Bruce sort of is bland, so I don't really have a problem with it. I actually, I didn't mind it either. Like, I thought it was a deliberate choice rather than him just being completely bored or wanting to counterbalance whatever fucking lunacy Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones were up to. But I think it's, yeah, it's just kind of like a he's really sick and tired and he's kind of lost a lot of energy and enthusiasm and he's just exhausted as Batman and, and Bruce Wayne. So he just, he just comes across as, it, as if he just can't really give a damn anymore mm. like I don't know it's, it's a strange take but it's almost like he's accepted a job that he didn't really want to do and he has to just kind of get through it by saying the yeah. things that people want him to say I can't imagine where Val Kilmer would have found the inspiration <laughs> for that it's a pity because Val Kilmer can be incredibly funny and charismatic on screen yeah. and has a real star power to him when he wants to try it on mm. I mean there's lots of examples of his films where oh, he's Kiss, a Kiss, bat- bang, bang. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Willow he's incredible in Willow if, if you need if you you need reminder, you need to go back and watch that. He's He really was for a little bit there. He was sort of the new Harrison Ford. Like he had, was that sort of really, really good looking sort of leading man guy who could do that sort of comedy. Like he could sort of do, he had a Han Solo-esque-ness mm. about him, especially mm. in Willow. But then, yeah, he sort of lost it. I don't know. And he was really kick-ass in Heat as well. Mm. But um yeah, he just doesn't... I don't know. So a, lo- a lot of wasted talent in this movie. Yeah. I think the biggest waste of talent of all, I was staggered to learn this, was that apparently... This is also from IMDb. Apparently to design the riddles that the Riddler deploys against Bruce Wayne and Batman in the movie, they brought in uh, the NPR and editor of the New York Times crossword puzzle to create them. <laughs> the editor of the, the most notoriously difficult crossword puzzle in the world created those those little and they're riddles. so easy they're, they're very I easy. thought they just got them from like a cereal box or something yeah they read like, like Christmas crackers yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like oh why would you bring in like the yeah the editor of like the thing the is, if Times you're the New York tool. Times crossword guy you've probably got like warm up ones that you come up with that aren't good enough it's for like the I'm New not going to give him my goal. Like, I'm not giving <laughs> you my A material I'm not even giving you my D material you're not even getting my like you know Monday crossword stuff <laughs> I've got these things down in the back of the couch. They were creepy, though. Well, the the yeah. look of the riddles, I really liked. Like, the whole, you know, card thing where things would spring out and it'd be pictures of, like, Bruce Wayne's face all cut up and mm, little... Ransom note things. lettering and yeah. stuff. That was cool. Uh, yeah, the design of them was great. It's just, as riddles, they, they weren't really that effective. That kind of works for the Riddler, though. Like, he's mm. always been, like, done pretty simple riddles. Because yeah. they have to make them at least far enough that the audience can follow the trail yeah. of logic that yeah. Batman does. Yeah, I mean, with the Riddler, it's another thing where you can only really go to one extreme or the other where mm. you can either do it in a really kind of Nolan way where it's you take it the, the whole idea of riddling is more of an abstract concept and turn it into like a chess master battle between Riddler and Batman or you go the complete other way like 60s Riddler mm. uh, where the clues are so obviously goofy and Batman's like deduction of them is just so so insanely accurate when no one could have really worked it out and that's the joke Uh, but in this movie it's just kind of stuck between the two it's like the riddles are meant to be hard when in actual fact they're like really really easy and don't even really lead to anything because his plot doesn't have anything to do with riddling so they were like well he's the riddler we've got to have riddles so I guess he'll just send three riddles and Mm. then the rest of his whole story has 
Well, the riddle's linked to knowing who he is, which adds nothing to how he stops him. <laughs> basically, and it, and even that leap is a bit of a leap because mm. he puts together. I'm jumping ahead here, but like he realizes that it works out to be like M R E, like, and that means Mister E. Yeah, and then he just makes a logic jump that that's yes. enigma. It, it, yeah, Mister Mystery or <laughs> Enigma. Mr. Enigma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it still does nothing because he still just goes and stops him anyway. He yeah. could have just turned up and gone, oh, it's you, punch. Yeah. I don't, uh, I mean, we, we, we don't, I don't want to skip ahead too much, but the, the whole plot, like what, what was the, apart from getting back and killing Batman. So they just wanted to kill Batman. That was their plot. Two-Face wants like, to kill Batman because he blames him for not stopping the acid sure. attack. What hmm. does the Riddler want to, but he wants to kill him. Well, no, he, he wants know. brain power from everyone, and he, and he teams up with with Two Face, yeah, uh, on the, in exchange for finding out who Batman is. I, know, I think so. I think Riddler just had that kind of swim fan stalkerish thing going on, where he wants to become Bruce Wayne, because mm. you know, like yeah. when he when he starts his own company and. He starts dressing like Bruce yeah, Wayne, does his hair himself. like Bruce Wayne. Yeah, like once he realizes that Bruce Wayne is Batman, then he gets on board with like wanting yeah. to kill Batman. But before that, he didn't really care. He just needed sure. he needed seed funding <laughs> from Tommy Lee Jones. Basically. <laughs> like yeah. he, he just goes to him and says, you give me like, it was like $100,000 or something. It's yeah. not even that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's a fair bit but if you're yeah. a regular person. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's two things I love about Two-Face in the movie. One is that they never call him Two-Face. They call him Harvey Two-Face. Mm. Like Two Face is his last name, yeah. like Edward Nigma. Yeah. Uh, so it's like Harvey Two Face robbed another bank. The other thing I love is it's his T U F A C C R E. It's actually Italian. It's Tufacci. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> the other thing I love is his little goon squad, where they're all wearing like masks with two colors oh, okay. on them. And... They look like gimps. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, they were gimps. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah, that was full on. I was like, wait a minute, what are these gimps doing? And at first I thought they were Banes. So they were like little, because they kind of looked a little yeah, bit like the cartoon Bane. Yeah. But no, they weren't. They were just they were just random two-faced gimps. For some reason, I don't mind villain-themed henchmen. Yeah. Like, I like the idea that they're just, and this has been explored in a few things, but just that the henchmen are all kind of just a union of guys who are good at being henchmen and they yeah. just get different costumes depending on which yeah. villain they're working with yeah. that day. Yeah. yeah. So back to like away, away from the villains, um, the other plot line is that uh, well, there's two other plot lines. One is that uh, Bruce meets uh, Doctor Chase Meridian, so he meets her in in Bruce form. Mm. And uh, the great thing about psychologists and psychiatrists in movies is that they get to do a lot of they don't have to have a lot of backstory explained to them because they're so intuitive and so good with people that they can just figure it out really yeah. quickly like she reads all his issues like mm. without with like the very littlest amount of of prompting from him mm. so she kind of she gets to the bottom of you know Bruce being a bit interesting quite quite early on although it's not quite made clear to her that she's Batman yet but I mean like it's she, if she's that good, she probably should have figured it out even earlier. But he looks at a, a raw shark blot, which is clearly a bat. It's definitely a bat. It's, it's yeah. just a painting of a bat, and he's like, looks like a bat. And then she's so, like, oh, do you have a thing for bats? <laughs> Maybe she already knew. Yeah. She's the Riddler. Oh, shit. And I did like, because... So they and I think I read somewhere, you know, the scene where the, the bat signal so that he she puts the bat signal up mm. and Batman comes to see her quite early on in the film. Oh, yeah. And that's when she throws herself at Batman yeah. on the like 
really big time. She's basically like, hey, let's go back inside and like do it. And he's like, no. In this police station. In this police station. And, but that, that film, that, that scene, I think should have happened, I think was, was originally intended to be later on in the film, which would have made a little bit more sense because it is quite jarring how up for it she is after meeting him once. And how did she even figure out how to put on the bat signal? Like, how did she get up there? Gordon's like, not exactly running a tight yet. <laughs> Does he run in at the end yeah. of that scene in his pyjamas yeah. and hat? <laughs> and he's and like, just goes, what's going on? It was like a pyjama hat like the potion wears in Peter <laughs> Pan. He's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, man, don't cockblock me. Because <laughs> yeah. at first you think, this woman's just a sex maniac. Like, the first few scenes you see with her, she's with Batman and she's just, like, on heat, basically. <laughs> but then when you see her... In her office with Bruce, she's normal again, like, and she doesn't have that sort of panty sort of... Well, she's talking to a different person. Exactly. And I liked that. Like, okay. I was like, oh, okay. So, it was, she's attracted to that man. She's, she's also talking to the blandest man in Gotham yeah. City. <laughs> yeah, but he is sort of, he's rich and good looking. So, she <laughs> could... And then he asks her to the circus. And oh, this is when yeah. they go to the circus. And this Ooh, is where the other, the other plot line kicks in. Mm. So... They're at the circus and they're enjoying a trapeze act by the Flying Graysons, which mm-hmm. are a family of, of trapeze artists, and mum and dad and two sons. And uh, the youngest son is uh, Richard Grayson. That's such an annoying family. My theory is that <laughs> they all separately ran away to join the circus and then they all accidentally ended up just at the same circus that they ran away to. Ah, oh, like, oh, well, fuck it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I tried to get away from you guys, but screw it, let's just let's just do this act is for this a couple of Just because months. they're all smiling at each other and cooperating. <laughs> yeah, like rubbing each other's it's like go go trapeze well, son. I love you. Yeah. And all this sort of stuff. It's it's like, oh god. I, I was thinking at this point Don't worry, son, we'll have many more years together. I just <laughs> wanted to let you know right before this particular performance, I love you and I always will. <laughs> <laughs> but they're wearing like the ridiculous straight from the comics uh suits yeah. uh and you know the bright yellow underwear and capes and all that sort of stuff i was thinking at this point like how great would it have been if instead of being like an old-fashioned circus it was like the Cirque du Soleil or something because that would totally fit in with the weird neon vibe that the movie has did have that vibe that's the circus. Oh, it, was, it was a very old-fashioned old-timey circus i would have liked to see like a, a full-on Cirque du Soleil they're like painted as animals and just writhing around on stage and then tommy lee jones like guns down his parents and like they would have had to, to have been like chasing a dream through yeah. the trapeze yeah. something yeah. like that you know there'd just be some weird abstract <laughs> element to it how much now- better would robin have been if he was like wearing like a weird owl costume <laughs> and it just like s- communicate through like pantomime and weird screaming and noises and now the youngest Grayson will perform Ennui <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they so then they've performed and then Tommy Lee Jones comes in and he takes over the circus and he's got a bomb that's going to blow up the circus unless unless Batman comes mm. out and one of you must know and this was one of my favourite there's bits. a tenuous link <laughs> This is one of my favorite bits. So they're standing there. He's sitting, uh, Bruce Wayne and, and Chase are in the crowd. Tommy Lee Jones comes out and he's like, I'm going to blow it up unless one of you, unless one of you produces Batman. And then pandemonium um, erupts and they, they're all screaming. And Bruce just stands up and shouts at full voice, <laughs> Harvey, I'm Batman. But now, his, his full voice is more like, 
Oh, I'm, ba- I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Nicole would have heard him. She would have heard him. But she would have if he was anyone worth paying attention to. But he's, <laughs> this is his Clark Kent. This is his just like, whatever, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Not listening Harvey, to you. Harvey Two-Face. Harvey Two-Face. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, the Graysons very gallantly um, save the day. Like the uh, Dick Grayson jumps into the ceiling and his family then help guide the bomb out of the, out of the big top and um, Richard Grayson pushes it out. Uh, but then the family die. They get mm. shot um, and in front of everyone. Think, which, don't they, don't they one fall of them falls. Down? I think they all just he fall. He shoots at them. Because they make that thing no, no. about how we're going to do our next trick without the safety no, net. No, 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 no. And then they end up falling and dying. At least one of them falls because there is that that, yeah. that thing where they can't show the impact. But they show someone falling and then they show Bruce's face go. <laughs> and he's like down and like looking really shocked. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, Tommy Lee Jones shoots a gun yeah. at the trapeze stuff, mm. and oh, that's okay. what sets oh, them to fall. Okay. Like okay, they, yeah, then sure. they sort of they sort of dodge and they yeah they, they yeah. fall. Yeah. And the, and yes, the the um, net is gone because mm. from the previous act. That yeah. ringmaster is fucked. After all the dust settles there, he's going away for a long lot time. Of, you lot can't of just take issues. the safety net away for that exact reason, especially in Gotham. What? Wait a minute! You can't because what if Two Face? I guess if well, because what if what if a person yeah. falls off the trapeze? Like <laughs> that's the whole point of the, the trick. Oh, <laughs> do you go to magic shows and be like, you can't put swords through the box? What if, what if they get hurt? <laughs> a moving person in there. <laughs> oh, so, well, uh, it spiced up that lame ass circus for a bit, but for some reason, Dick Grayson uh, ends up. Was kind of lodging at but that, Wayne Manor. And that, so I was like, well, how old is this guy? So, yeah, so he's got to be in his 20s. He's, he's like clearly mid-20s. He's about 20. Yeah. But he looks older. But I think yeah. that the idea is that he's like tw- 19, 20. But yeah, Chris... He's legally an adult. Absolutely yeah. legally an adult. But for some reason, uh, Commissioner Gordon drops him off at Wayne Manor and says, oh, he's your problem now, for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. Why Commissioner this- Gordon set off the bat signal and he's got Robin Stoudy there and he's like, Batman... What do I do? What do I do? There's so much paperwork. I've got a witness or a kid here. Can you please sort it out? And Batman's like, fine, send him to Bruce Wayne. Send him to Wayne Manor. I'll take care of everything. As usual, Gordon. (laughs) By which he means Alfred will take care of everything. And so he drops him off. And I quite... So I didn't mind these scenes, though, with, with Dick Grayson sort of... Settling in and getting to know Alfred and Alfred. These are the these are the first scenes that actually feel like they're they're actually scenes. Like people are genuinely acting. Yeah. In, in like this is the Hold only time on. anyone has yeah. any attempt at chemistry and any attempt <laughs> of just like naturalistic acting. Yeah. Hold like, the bat phone. This series of scenes where Robin is getting into the Wayne Manor, sort of slowly becoming friends with Alfred and Bruce Wayne. It contains one scene where where Robin is doing laundry. Oh, yes. oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Bad boy laundry. He's, he's got a pile of wet laundry, and the way he hangs it up is in some kind of like kung fu acrobat montage, where he's like whipping the clothes over the line and like yeah, flinging them around. T-shirts as nunchucks. Yeah, <laughs> and, and just kind of like swishing them around and doing the and that almost. I had to pause them. Pause the movie after that and just take a bit of a walk and then come back. <laughs> I loved it. I, that, that almost killed it for me. It was so bad. And Alfred's just watching like... He's just watching... He's just lost his family. He's just lost his family. Yeah, he's just working through some stuff. Yeah. Can we just talk for one second? Shout out to Michael Goff for playing Alfred. He's a beautiful Alfred. Has oh, it ever yeah, been a bad Alfred? 
Mm, I don't can't speak to the Alfred in the Adam West no, series because I don't know. No, I can't, I can't remember. But, but from on film, I yeah. don't think there's ever been a bad Alfred because no. true. I yeah. quite like this Alfred. Mm. I think he's sweet yep. and far and kind and funny. Yeah. He often has the best lines when he goes, "I suppose this lunch will just I'll just throw this out." <laughs> and yeah, I just mm. I loved him. I thought and yeah, he was Jeremy so Irons as Alfred is is the best thing about Batman. Yeah, no, absolutely. And of course, you know, Michael was there? Cole. Different Batman and Batman. Uh, sorry, was there a different Alfred in Batman and Robin? No, no. Michael oh, Gross, so, okay. the one one of only two that lasts all the way through. I think he and Commissioner Gordon. Oh, <laughs> well, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they um, uh, it just there's a few more scenes seeing how like the Riddler is created. Oh, yeah, okay. The Riddler owns, or Edward Nigma owns a bunch of Riddler merchandise. Yeah. yeah. And that's how he becomes the Riddler? Like, yeah. just, whatever that character is in that world, there's some guy who's green and has question marks all over him. Yeah. And then he just rips that off, which is, like, if someone just decided to be a Pikachu-themed villain <laughs> yeah. in our world, that's what he's done. That doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I mean, did he invent that? Because it's like one of those uh, sort of, what do you call, like, those fortune-telling machines that you find at, like... I don't know, like the circuses and, and stuff like that, where you put in a buck and it tells you like yes or no. That was creepy. It, it was pretty creepy. But yeah, it had like the exact Riddler costume on. But he still has a montage where he's trying to design a costume and he's going through names like the Puzzler yeah. and all, all of these other possibilities and like mocking up costumes. And then, yeah, it takes a while for the penny to drop. Before and he it's is like, supposed to be the smartest villain yeah. in the Batman universe. Is he? Yeah. So actually... I actually don't know that much about the Riddler. Like, I know about Catwoman. I know what the Joker's deal is. I know what Two-Face's deal is. Like, I know what Poison Ivy's deal is. What's the Riddler's... Like, is he... What was his deal? Like, I don't quite understand. He's very smart and he's really smug and up himself. And he wants to prove that he's smarter than Batman. And so that's essentially what most of his crimes are about, are about him... Proving that he can't be caught because he's smarter than Batman. Right. I think um, they've, they've tried a couple of spins on it to yeah, make it a bit different kind of more psychologically nuanced or whatever. I yeah. think they had one run. I don't know much about it, but apparently, like Edward Nigma used to get beaten by his parents, mm. and for, he got caught like doing something bad as a kid. And then punished for not telling the truth. So he had this psychological fixation to always leave these little riddles behind. Mm. Just so that he wouldn't get mm. caught lying. I don't know. They've, they've tried to like make it more than he just sends out shitty riddles. But <laughs> with varying success. Yeah. In the latest Batman game, his shtick is just he wants Batman to use the Batmobile to do a series of like car racing tracks. And that was by far the worst part of that, is that, that new Arkham game. Arkham Knight? Yeah. Oh, I haven't played that one yet. So, because I reckon there's always a bit of overlap between the Joker, the Riddler, and the Scarecrow. Like, they're all sort of... And the Puzzler, and the Trickster. Oh, well... <laughs> and the Prankster. There's a whole on, are of... they all in Batman as well? Yeah. Wow. Or Batman oh. or Superman. Right. They're in the DC universe. Right. Oh, wait, there are actual villains called the Puzzler and the Trickster, or...? I think so, yeah. Oh, right. There, I thought you were definitely... just referencing that montage. No, there's definitely the Puzzler. Oh. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's the Trickster. There's also, like, that... Mr. Mitsipolik or whatever. Mr. Mitsipolik. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically does the same sort of shit with Superman. Like, there's a lot of, like, joke or gag. Yeah. Whimsy-themed yeah. villains. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit weird. Mm. Anyway, so, uh, you know, we're watching the, the Riddler sort of come to be. We see then him um, 
join forces with Two Two Face because oh, he learns about Two Face because the whole. <laughs> I love how in Gotham everything is tele everything is televised mm. like at all the times. The circus is televised. Yeah, live. live. It was live. It's always it live. Yeah, because the Riddler's watching it at home. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. then yeah, so that's why the Riddler learns about. Um, Two-Face, he mm-hmm. goes and visits Two-Face. This was one of my favourite parts of when I was tw- 12 was the sugar and spice, oh, the Jew, Jew, Drew Barrymore, Debbie Mazar sort of, both of them like stylized to be sort of these two hot chicks with these different decors around them. And I, I loved that when I was 12 for some reason. Yeah, like two, Two-Face is dating two different people who are from either side of the naughty and nice thing, yeah. BNS yeah, yeah, ball, yeah. like, or the Devils and Angels punch party. Yeah, the, it definitely. Uh, it looks so cheap. And like the mm. whole room is literally divided in two along like his body and that's really cool and that's when the riddler kind of is first sort of introduced in full costume and he comes Mm. and crashes their party and uh convinces convinces two-face not to kill him Mm. because he can prove to him who batman is and help him uh and he does so through launching this uh yeah launching this device this sort of 3d tv two-pack hologram device across gotham and then he has this big gala night Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. which uh, to launch it and that's when um, he also that night gets Bruce Wayne to go in and reads his mind oh yeah so he's upgraded to uh, the what I've called the jerk off VR from the Star Wars holiday special have you seen <laughs> I haven't seen it but <laughs> okay. I've heard of it yeah, yeah. so Chewie's grandpa I think yeah. puts on a virtual reality helmet and watches what is essentially pornography mm. and then um, this is it's what it's, it's almost exactly like that people going to this shed that, that Enigma <laughs> has set up and they're sort of like tell me your fantasy yeah it's like yeah it's like a cross between oculus but with like an asmr youtube video playing yeah. over the top which must already be happening yeah if you were like oh absolutely but it's all being put up on this big screen so everyone's watching yeah it's like yeah that's that's a kooky kind of party so then after the um gala night where they find out um does two-face interrupt that with a robbery or is it yeah a, yeah, okay. yeah he, ro- he interrupts everything with a robbery because riddler comes up or enigma comes up to him and says something like can we need to talk about your impulse control problem yeah. That is the one thing that Two-Face never, ever has. Yeah. His whole thing is that he has no impulse. He has to decide everything by a coin. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I know. Just a a bit of a gripe that they don't seem to understand the character. I did actually I think it's just Riddler doesn't get it. Riddler doesn't get it. Okay, fair enough. Maybe the Riddler... Yeah, I'll buy that. Maybe the Riddler just doesn't get it. I also love when, like, Batman comes in through the ceiling and the Riddler says to to Two-Face, like... That's an entrance. <laughs> Your entrance was good. His was better. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just constantly mugging all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although like, when Batman does make that entrance, there's a guy in the crowd. There's a shot of Chase Meridian, like you know, all center frame, going, "Oh, like you know, there's there's the man." There's a guy um, just next to her, sort of pointing. <laughs> and on the on the soundtrack, you hear like ADR or whatever of him going. Batman! Yeah! <laughs> like Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> it probably was. I don't know why the air eh is in there. But... <laughs> oh, so, God. Uh, so that's when, after that, is the scene where um, Dick Grayson finds out that he's living with Batman. Mm. So he sneaks in using his powers of acrobatics yeah. into the into the Batcave and Alfred's like, oh dear. <laughs> oh, Master Dick has found the Batcave. I wish, I wish it had just cut from that to Alfred, like, <laughs> filling in a hole on yeah. the grounds of Wayne Manor. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> Another one. 
every time someone finds the Batcave, that's why Vicky Vale is not in the movies anymore. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, and that's like later on because he's on a date with Chase or something uh, and he's like, he calls he calls him and says, uh, Sir, Master Dick has taken the car. And he's, he says, oh, what, the, the Mercedes? And he's like, no, the other car. Oh, the Jaguar? No, sir. The, the other, other one. <laughs> I would have liked if that went on for five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just keep mentioning the Rolls? No, sir. The other car. The Bentley? Yeah. No, sir. The other car. <laughs> Cut away to some other stuff. Come back. Yeah. Still going. Still going. The candles on the t- candlelit dinner have gone right down to nubs. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... And that's when, like, he goes and saves this girl from this um, incredibly cool street gang who are dressed up yeah. in, like, fluoro... Yeah. Flu- they're a cool street gang. It's like they a look gang great. straight from the Warriors. Well, that was basically... That was Cirque du Soleil. Like, yeah. they had that real sort of... They were in that fluoro paint. I'm like, this is the coolest street gang I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but he kicks ass and he saves a girl. and uh, But then he, he needs to get saved by, by yeah. Batman right at the end. He gets end. overwhelmed almost like... And then he's like, that's it, mate. I'm your partner, yeah. whether you like it or not. And, of course, Bruce is like, no way. He's like, yes way, man. I'm, I'm Fucking here. Chase Meridian keeps calling me nonstop. I got Robin dragging on my heels. <laughs> Bat signal's gone up, everybody. Two seconds from Gordon. <laughs> and the riddle that keeps sending me these... God damn question mark envelopes. It's like, no, oh God. Just leave he, me alone, people. He really keeps it together very well with all the shit that's going on. And at one point around there, he just says, I'm quitting being Batman. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just like, that's right. just, that I'm from? sick of all this. Yeah. yeah. Like, or maybe it is because all I these people there, annoying him. Uh, yeah. I assume there's a, there's a, there's some kind of scene that got cut out that doesn't explode. Cause yeah, he just suddenly goes, well, from this day on, Batman is no more. And the Riddler and Two-Face are both still out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He has no, nothing has been solved no reason has been given why he would stop being absolutely fuck it (laughs) and that's of course when and rob i think it's more just to give robin an excuse to say like Mm. but but gotham needs you you know i I need you we need to be a team maybe this is a thing that we don't see like maybe every like bat bruce is constantly quitting being batman (laughs) every day alfred's usually the one that has to talk him out of it alfred's like hey kid yeah uh, you want to learn the ropes Mm -hmm. Uh, i can teach you how to get he's having one of his episodes he's having a thing just tell him gotham needs him speaking of uh bruce wayne's sort of psyche one thing i didn't get at all is throughout the whole movie in his conversations with uh, Chase Meridian and also Alfred, they keep hinting that he's got this repressed memory of something that happened after his parents were gone down. Mm-hmm. What was that? The it's book. The, the Batcave. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. the book. And then but, he grabs the book and he runs outside and he falls into the cave and that's where he has the opening of Batman Begins. Mm. But how could he have repressed that if he has the Batcave? Well, no, he no, didn't. No. He just didn't put it together because he's not very bright. Yeah, like he, he's living. He never quite knew the origins of the bat fixation. Like he just, as long as he could remember, since his parents died, he wanted to be Batman. But oh. he'd 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 buried the actual traumatic event or the event that had that was the mm. trigger, which, which is pretty anticlimactic because his parents have already been shot. Yeah, like yeah. falling into a cave is not that bad if it's happening mm. the same day. So, yeah, so then there's a scene where, oh, at this stage, um, 
So Chase says to at the big party, Chase says to Batman, "My place, midnight. Come in, come, come find me." And she's sleeping naked under the silk sheet. She gets up and she's in this thing, and it's like it's so hot. It's like such a, a '90s, '80s, like White Snake music video. Look. Growing up in the '90s, I assumed that like all adults just like if you slept were a like single that. adult yeah. in the world, you slept naked under satin sheets because that seemed to be what everyone in every movie was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she comes to the window and they kiss. Uh, he's Batman, and she, and then she says, "I've." wanted this but actually and now that's it mm. she's been she's fallen in love with bruce i've met the most boring man <laughs> in the world <laughs> I've met the most, but he's rich uh so she so she turns him down and then she and bruce have a date uh at the bat cave and he's just about to tell her oh but then they kiss well he has his flashback he has his revelation mm. about his uh you know the bat the bat cave and mm. the seeing the bat and then they kiss and that's when she realizes that they're one and the same man but then two-face and the riddler have Finally figured out that he's the Batman. They in, they get Alfred and they yeah they they, they yeah, storm, storm the place. They steal yeah. Chase yeah. and Robin. Well, yes, Robin. Robin. No, no, sorry, no, 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 no and and Alfred. Yeah, and yeah, Alfred. okay, right. Yeah, but or Alfred is just no. He's, they just leave him because then he wakes up in the. Oh right. He yeah. wakes up and Alfred's like, sir, uh, they've taken Chase and and Master um, Master Dick is gone. And then he goes and chases him. Is that after... No. Dick helps him after the big party. He yeah. gets him out of that mm. grain silo thing. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So then he he gets ready to go. He goes, oh, I don't have any of my suits. He, they blew up all my suits. Mm. He's like, you've still got that extra, extra homoerotic suit. Yeah. With the nipples on it, sir. And with he's the erect like, nipples on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you uh, mean the sonar prototype? <laughs> That's the one. The sonar prototype, which we need to come back to later because uh, I've got questions about that. Mm. And then Dick Grayson is there in his homoerotic suit mm. that Alfred took the liberty, sir, <laughs> to uh, build I took him. his measurements while he was asleep, so <laughs> I just mocked up. <laughs> And that's it. They were off. Try and nunchuck that onto the line, you little shit. <laughs> but yeah, Batman's like, should I go by sea or by air? And then Grayson comes in. And is like, how about both? <laughs> Por qué no las dos, Batman? <laughs> <laughs> so then they do, and of course Dick gets the boat because that's the shit one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, probably an untested prototype as well. <laughs> so I don't even know if this floats. I don't yeah. know. It's a dry dock at the back cave. And then. Conveniently, uh, as they're heading towards uh, the big giant brain suck island that um, the Riddler has set up, they've got like a battleship set up. Oh yeah, they've they got, got like they sea mines. Sea yeah. mines that like with which they then play literally a, like a board game of battleship. Well, I think that aren't they just like doing that to to goof up? the fact that they're trying to blow up sea mines. Like, that's just how they blow up sea mines. I didn't think that... They weren't actually sitting there on opposite sides of a battleship game, are they? Yeah. yeah. I thought they were... Oh, they really are? They're yeah. talking to each other. They're through a thing. I might have been looking at my phone. And <laughs> and they're pushing, pushing one and literally saying, like, Oh, C5! And oh, then at the B12, end... Yeah, yeah. yeah Riddler oh, goes, okay. Sunk my battleship! I was giving them too yeah, much And then credit. Riddler was like, B12. It's like, boom, hit. Also, my favourite vitamin. I'm just like, just... Just quiet, just for one second, just for one just goddamn like, second. Just leave me. You don't have to always be on. <laughs> yeah. uh, so then they they arrive at the island though. Um, Robin gets his um, triumphant beatdown of Two Face, mm. 
but saves him right yeah. at the end. Oh, because Robin's whole thing throughout this whole thing is, oh, I want to, I want to kill Two Face. I, I got to kill Two Face, and Batman's always talking him down, saying, you know, that won't, that won't fix things. He never says murder is wrong. He just says you'll still feel like shit afterwards. Yeah, it won't bring your parents back. Yeah. So he he saves him, but then that's it. He's captured, and then. The big finale set piece happens, which is Batman has to choose between saving Chase or saving Robin, saving uh, Bruce Wayne's love or or Batman's sidekick. And to get out of it, he gives Riddler a riddle, <laughs> which is something like, I can see, but black as night, black as night, something, something. And he, you're as blind as a bat. And that's when he goes, exactly. And turns on his soul, his sonar suit. Mm-hmm. And throws a thing at the big thing and the big thing explodes. Yeah, because that big thing was apparently essential to all of the lighting yeah. in the entire complex. But what I don't understand was why did he need the sonar suit to do any of that? Like because he just... he's going to turn off the lights. But... Because he's about... But he... But it was already light. Yeah, and he's taking the light away so that no one else can see and he can see with sonar. But then that's not just shown... Like, I know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it doesn't go dark. Yeah. They just fall and... Yeah. And he, okay. It actually benefits his uh, saving anyone in no way whatsoever. Because okay. they both fall at the same time and he just goes and captures them anyway, which yeah. he could have done... Anyway. Without, yeah, without it being dark. But he does so. destroy Enigma's whole setup. Yeah. And all of the thoughts or something go back into his brain or out of his brain or something because at this some point Enigma's been sitting there sucking all of the thoughts of Gotham into his head. It has this I mean, really weird shot where his face is like melting like mm. Raiders of the Lost Ark style mm. and yeah I thought that was just gonna like kill him but apparently it just turned him completely insane. But also does this mean that like, everyone in Gotham has now had their IQ sucked completely out? Or? Well, it didn't seem to make anyone dumb after they've turned it off. Like, they're dumb while they're looking at it. And, oh, then, okay. and it seems like they just... So, the so maybe it's like, while the thing's running, he has greater... It's like he's, he's like, sort of doing a render farm of all of oh, everyone's yeah. brains. So he can think with everyone's brains, whoever's hooked in. But yeah. then once he's disconnected... I, again, I'm probably giving him too much credit. But maybe then once it's disconnected, he doesn't have that anymore and he's just back to being, mm. you know, regular Edward Nygma. Mm. So Batman manages to, uh, manages to save both Chase and Robin. Quite uh, easily. Yeah. yeah, pretty much without breaking a sweat. Yep. And then they have their final face-off against uh, Two-Face, Harvey Two-Face. Uh, I, I, I'm running out of energy. Can someone sum up? He throws how a bunch fit? of coins at him. Yeah. Uh, he kills make, him. He kills him. He kills yeah. him dead. Yeah. Uh, makes him lose his balance on a good... Uh, uses, uh, uh, uses Chase's advice from the first act, which says that Harvey Two-Face has a thing about coins. Yep. So he just throws coins at his face. Yep. At his faces. At his faces, and then he stumbles and dies. Yep. Uh, one thing I didn't quite like about Two-Face is that he kept referring to, to himself as we... Yeah. Does he do that in the comics? Sometimes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not uncommon. Because I thought his whole thing wasn't that he had, like, multiple personalities, but just that he had that whole weird thing about fate and chance and things being arbitrary and luck and kind of like that speech he gave at the start in the helicopter. But then he started speaking like he actually had two separate identities and just kind of got a bit weird. Yeah, no, that's that's a... Oh, okay. One of the interpretations of the character is that he's actually two different. He's he's Harvey and he's Two Face. Uh, okay. ah. Well, they they send the Riddler to the asylum, uh, where he thinks he's Batman. 
Chase gets her final sort of scene with him uh, in in the is asylum. Is it the first time we see Arkham Asylum in these it movies? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's I guess the first. Oh yeah, they're in they're in Nolan's, aren't they? Yeah. 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 So yes, it is. And then at the end, I guess like Bruce Wayne's got a girlfriend now, and her name's Doctor Chase Meridian. She's mm-hmm. like, don't stay out too late. But he mm-hmm. ends every movie so far with, with a, a girlfriend. girlfriend. Vicky yeah. Bell's his girlfriend in the end of number one. Um, Selena Kyle's his girlfriend at the end of number two. Is she though? Yeah. No, she. But doesn't she just go off into the night? Uh, yeah, but it's that kind of Batman Catwoman on again, off again thing. Right, right, they're, yeah. they're like, you know, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, text There's me. a separate, sig- <laughs> separate signal yeah. that goes up Yeah, it looks like something else. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and then, yeah, so he's got a girlfriend. And then it ends with uh, he and Robin, their silhouette, running into the camera, mm. ready to fight another day. Ready to fight Arnold Schwarzenegger in Batman <laughs> and Robin. They're not Ooh. sending him to the cooler. That's what That's I know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that one. It was... Uh, look... Like I said, it was not as good as I remembered. I had very fond memories of this movie. I didn't not enjoy it. I actually really enjoyed watching it, but it was a lot more campy and a lot more B-grade than I remember. I remember the Riddler being a lot better than he was. Uh, Two-Face was about as I expected. Uh, For some reason, he's always robbing banks. Like It just seems like he's got his whole thematic shtick and then he just chooses to like rob banks anyway. Mm. It's like... Can't you do things that are a little bit more in line with your theme? I mean, I guess they made that thing about robbing the second, second national, national bank. bank. I'm like, that's a bit of a stretch. Huh? Then okay. Now he has to rob a second bank. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm going to rob another bank. All right, fine. He has, you know how long it's going to take for a second circus to come back to Gotham? <laughs> He's got to wait around for that. He's yep. going to do something in the meantime. I just, do we want to rate their plan or have we sort of already done that? It's, we it's, have one. Well, have- Two-Face's plan can only ever be as successful as a 50% chance will allow because he always ends up flipping a coin to decide what happens. So yeah. that's the that's the ceiling of any Two-Face plan, <laughs> 50%. He does shoot one of his henchmen. This is really early in the helicopter. He just shoots one of his henchmen without flipping a coin. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so he's not... But was he's he in, like, mental mode? Maybe, maybe, some, maybe sometimes he flips a coin. Am I going to be a psycho today? Flip a coin. And then that sort of for that day or for that heist, he's like, I'm just going to be mental to this. this. <laughs> there was, there was one... he must have to call off heist sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, Sorry, guys. Can't Sorry. Come in today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regular day. There was a good uh, Arkham related comic where it was about a psychiatrist trying to wean Two Face off of like 50% choices by he got him off a coin onto like a dice so that he could make like six choices <laughs> then onto like smart. a pack of cards so he ah. could make like 52 choices i think it ended up just making him worse somehow yeah he didn't he get like I've, I've read that comic as well he's just like depressed because there's the too, too many too many, too many things yeah, yeah. Well, that's what a what an what an allegory to not to yeah. modern day life <laughs> yeah, exactly too many choices we just uh, like you know modern first world problems just completely atrophied by mm. by privilege but uh, I, rec- I, I totally I, I understand. <laughs> but Riddler's uh, Riddler's plot was going along pretty fine until he teamed up with Two Face. That was his biggest mistake. Because yeah. he wouldn't have been able to do anything. Any All he stuff. needed was like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm sure he could. Oh, he, he had, had some working... money bags. You could, you could, he could save that in a couple of years if he just kept what? his shit together. Okay. He had a working prototype. For a technology that no one else had seen before and was wildly successful as soon as he manufactured it. But he already had a working prototype. Mm. He could have gone to any number of places and gone, can I have 
yeah. two million dollars to build this, and they're like, just a sure. bank, just yeah. a regular, just take a loan from a bank. Uh, like, all oh, the sorry. banks are run out of money. Sorry, sir, this, of is Harvey. Is, <laughs> this is an acid bank. We only we only accept deposits and withdrawals of various acids. But yeah, I know. Like, I've as got some as alkaline. You, yeah. Get the fuck out. <laughs> as soon as he teams up with Two Face, like he he's, he. Two-Face robs his own gala. Two-Face, like, threatens to kill him a couple of times. It's, it's like, that's when everything starts going badly for Riddler. His technology all worked fine, except for possibly, like, melting his brain. But, I mean, other than that, like, he, he successfully covered up the death of his boss. He made it look like a suicide. So he essentially got away with that. Uh, yeah, it was just poor team-up abilities. Mm. You needed to have confidence. Yeah, like a, like many startups, yeah. uh, you got to pick the right partner. And, Who would have uh, been his best partner? I think uh, the, pe- the Penguin yeah. probably would have yeah. been. Oh, yeah, the Penguin would have been great. Yeah. He is a, he's a politician. He's yeah. old. comes from old money yeah. yes. as opposed to new money. So he would have. He just would have been, been said, a lot more classy about the whole thing. Yeah, he would have just said, okay, Actually, let's also, go. Also, Max Shrek from Batman Returns, the Christopher Walken character. Yeah. Highly successful businessman yeah. uh, competitor to Bruce well, Wayne. Maybe, maybe, really? Bruce, maybe Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne offered to fund the technology <laughs> he just wanted a bit more time. Yeah, he so. just didn't, wasn't playing his cards right. Yeah. He just could have gone in for a second pitch. Yeah, yeah you're right. There were a lot of missed opportunities there for old uh, Enigma. Well... That brings us to the end yeah. of, of this episode, guys. I, I'm happy we did this one. I think it's a good movie. I recommend it. I don't... I mean, like... Don't get me wrong, it's not a good movie, but I still recommend it. Just don't watch it by yourself. It can be challenging. Watch it with a couple of other people. It's a safety watch movie. Okay. I cannot sanction this buffoonery. (laughs) It's a good good note to end on, I think. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, quickly do some plugs. Owen, you got any um, cool improv stuff to tell us about? Just the regular thing. I'm an improviser. I do basically weekly shows at the moment. Uh, You can see everything at improvconspiracy.com. We have a theater in the city if you're in Melbourne, so come check out some improv. Absolutely. It's a good night out. Cool. Uh, I have another podcast called Last Stop to Nowhere. Uh, you can find our episodes on laststoptonowhere.com and it's on Australian history. You've got some new episodes coming out too. Uh, soon, but I have said that for the last like five of No, no, but I know for a fact you've got yeah. some coming out soon. Just got, just got done editing some. So okay. In the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Good. Uh, and you can um, hear me on 3MBS, which is a Melbourne uh, community radio station, 103.5 FM, or online, 3mbs.org.au. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, We will be with you next week or next time with uh, some uh, heroes in a half shell. That was it. Was that a very good... (laughs) That was fine. That that wasn't a very good... It was a good riddle. Good riddle to end on. (laughs) Batman would certainly take a couple of days to knock that one out.